children of God, welcome to the Daily Snitchiger Soul Devotional Podcast. My name is Victoria Iyak and I am your host for this podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today and without further ado, let us start with prayer. Father Lord, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, we thank you because you are good, you are merciful, you are loving, you are perfect. Lord, right now, may the truth of your word change our minds. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. The title of today's teaching is Follow God's Path. Follow God's Path. As scripture reading for today, we will read Proverbs chapter 4 from verse 5 to verse 18 from the New King James Version and our key verse will be verse 18. Proverbs chapter 4 from verse 5 to verse 18. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget, do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory. She will deliver to you. Hear my son and receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. And when you run, you will not stumble. Take firm hold of instruction. Do not let go. Keep her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they do not sleep unless they have done evil, and your sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is like the shining sun, that shines even ever brighter unto the perfect day. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Verse 18, our key verse for today. But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines even brighter unto the perfect day. You can declare this over your life. You can declare this over your life. My, I'm, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And my path is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. So today we will talk about following God's path. The first thing that we have to say is that our own plans or the own paths that we design for ourselves frequently lead to disaster. And as illustration, we are going to use Jacob here. Remember that um, Esau, Jacob, you remember the story how Jacob's mom, Jacob and Esau's mom, Rebecca, they planned the device on how to steal the blessings from Esau and get them given instead to Jacob. This was a human plan. This was their own plan, you see. And it did not really end well because, yes, Jacob got the blessings, but his, his, his brother, his father was, like, he lied to his father. This is really one thing. That's not good. Lying is not good. He practiced deception on his own father. Practicing deception is not good, and even doing that to your father is not good. He connived against his father with his mother. Do you see how how twisted it is? And it resulted in his brother hating him, 
you 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 realize like it resulted in his brother hating him and deciding that when their father would die that he was going to kill him so in the end perhaps through deception he got what he wanted but it was not a good plan it was a plan which implied lying which implied stealing which implied deception it was not a good plan it did not clarify god and that's how at times our plans lead to disaster we want something we want a good thing he wanted a good thing he wanted a blessing but he wanted to obtain it in a in a devious way he obtained it in a devious way or we can look again at abraham and sarah sarah's sarah was like instead of trusting god for the child that he said he was going to give to a couple abraham and sarah sarah involved a third person in their marriage she herself planned it out and said it to her husband and her husband did it and you see the trouble that it caused her afterwards when the child was born and then later on the child that god promised to her was born and there was kind of like anyway even before that there was a kind of competition between her servant and her and disrespect and stuff like that and even when her own child was born has the child of her servant and her own child like it could not work out you see what i mean so our own plans frequently lead to disaster frequently lead to disaster and frequently have negative consequences when we choose to disobey god to fulfill our plans because we we think i want this i must have this and that on the way alongside we disobey god so at times we do that we have a god-given desire for something but to obtain it we disobey god like sarah's god-given desire to have a child but since she could not get a child as quick as she wanted she made her husband sleep with another woman or in another sense you know like some people have this god-given desire to be one with someone else to like um to be united with someone else, to be close to to someone else. Like, but um, instead of getting married to fulfill, instead of getting married to fulfill this God-given desire to unite your life to someone else's life, they instead go for sexual immorality, sex out of marriage, get, trying to get that pleasure out of marriage. And, and that's how they take a God-given desire but they fulfill it in a sinful way because they followed their plans instead of following God's plan. And obviously it leads to disaster because sin always has consequences. And next we're going to talk about the fact that our God is good, our God is really a merciful God. He doesn't let his plans of grace frustrated by our own canal walkings. As we see here, we're taking, still taking as example the story of Jacob. So despite, despite what Jacob did to his father with the help of his mother, God was still good, God was still gracious. And God revealed himself to Jacob, saying, that's why it's in Genesis chapter 28 verse 16. I'm with you and I will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. So God showed goodness towards a sinner, towards someone who was just from committing a sin and running away because of that sin. So to say, uh, like in a very short time frame, he committed that sin and then it's not said that he ever repented before God came to him at that moment. But God, in his mercy, 
reached out to him, God went towards the sinner just like he did with Adam and Eve. They were the ones who sinned against God, but God went towards them. God goes towards the sinner just as when he sends you to preach the gospel, he's sending you towards the sinner to preach the good news to the person. And as the Bible says, it's the goodness of God that draws us to repentance, that leads us to repentance. Smith figures what he says in the devotional that he definitely believes that that night was really a night of repentance for Jacob as he was aware of his sinful nature. He was made aware of the sinful nature. But God first came to him, you know. God came to him. And God is, this is how a God is. Even in the fact that you sinned, even the fact that you disobeyed him, even the fact that, like, for example, you took drugs to fulfill, to, to fill your void for whatever you had, or you you walked in, into sexual immorality for whatever reason, or you followed your friends into sin for whatever reason, whatever choice, whatever evil choice you made. God is so good that he comes to you even in the consequences of your sin. Imagine someone who murdered someone else intentionally and who is in prison. God still sends people to that person to tell, to preach the gospel to the person. God still can even at times appear in that person's dreams. I was reading the testimony of a satanist who came to Jesus after having like, there were people who were coming to preach the gospel to him, but there were also dreams. Jesus showing himself to him in his dreams. God, God sees our sin, but he still wants to save us. He doesn't let our sin stop him from coming to us to present us the opportunity to be saved, to be forgiven, to be cleansed, to be restored because he's good. So that comes to Jacob. Just like it comes to any sinner, just like he comes to any Christian who was walking in the right path and then who fell, or who walked in the wrong path, and Jesus would come to him and tell him, okay, you are, you are committing this sin, the Holy Spirit comes to you and he says, this is what you're doing, this is wrong, come back to me, come back to me. And God, through his goodness, he brings us to repentance. Because our path was wrong, our path was wrong, sorry, but he wants to bring us on the right path. As we say, the goodness of God draws us to repentance. So our role at that moment, when God gives us another chance, when God comes to speak to us, when God makes us notice our sin, our role is not to run away from Him and keep going farther in more sin. Our goal at that moment, our role is to get on our knees and admit we confess our sin. One John one nine. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. At that moment, we have to admit, okay, God, I was wrong here. You said this, I was to obey you, I did not obey you, I practiced deception, I practiced sexual immorality, I practiced um, idolatry, I practiced this or that. You tell God what you did, you confess it, you repent, and you ask for his forgiveness, and you change your mind, you change your attitude, you, you start walking right with God. And you see that after this encounter that Jacob had with God, what was his decision? That he was going to serve this God, that if this God like, is really faithful to do what he said he was going to do, that he was going to serve this God all of his life. So after his encounter with God, it was not anymore going to be the God of his father, because he himself, and this brings us to the next part, tests and trials, he himself was going to experience the goodness and the faithfulness of God. After you've repented, for example, after you've gone on the wrong path, because it can happen that you're a Christian, or you're not a Christian, and you go on the wrong path. It can happen to both Christian and non-Christian. And if it happens to you that you go on the wrong path, 
and then disaster comes. The consequences of your, your wrong choice come to you like they came to Jacob. He had to run away. He was hated by his brother. He was going to be separated from his mom and his father because of his lie, of his sin, of his deception. And then God came to him to bring him to, to repentance. And God, like, started something with him, you know. The goodness of God drew, drew him to repentance. And now he decided that this was the God that he was going to serve. That if God really keeps his promises and what he said and all that, this is the God he's going to serve all his life. After that, after the part where you've confessed it to God, you've repented and all, tests and trials will come. They will come. At times you'll be the same people with whom you were taking drugs who will come and suggest that you go again and take drugs or the same people with whom you were drinking alcohol. Or at times it would be completely different person, a completely different person, completely different people that are going to act in a wrong way towards you. And you may be tempted to give up. You may be tempted to practice deception again. You may be tempted to sin again. You may be tempted to do so many things. But that time of trial and temptation, tests and trials, it's time for you to draw nearer to God. Because look at Jacob. Jacob now goes to Laban. First thing that happens to him bad there is that he walks for seven years to get one wife. And then they interchange the wives and give him another wife. The sister, the elder sister, this is not the person he wanted to marry. The deceiver became, became, became deceived. What he had sowed, he had reaped. This was, I would say, from what I look at, from how I look at it, from how I see it, it was a consequence of his sin. Look at Elder. Jacob deceived his father by sowing himself as if he were his brother. And the same thing kind of happens to Jacob. He's... His uncle brings to him not the woman he wanted to marry, but another woman. And he finds this out too late after he has already consumed the union, you know. So it's really too late to do anything about it. As well as his father found out too late when he had already given the blessing to Jacob instead of giving it to Esau. So the deceiver got deceived. And when I look at it, I really see it as sowing and reaping. I don't see it as God who punished him. But the Bible says that what you sow is what you're going to reap. So this is like a law that God has established. And this is how it is. Normally what you sow is what you reap. So this is Jacob experiencing another consequence. From what I see, this is Jacob experiencing another consequence of his sin. Of what he did. This is... This he could have like... He could have gotten desperate. He could have... There's so many things that he could have done, but in times of tests and trials, in times where it's not easy, we have to keep holding on to God. What happens next? He chooses, he accepts to walk seven more years to get the wife that he actually wanted to get, Rachel. Rachel. And even then, every time that his that the uncle Laban had to give him his wages, he kept deceiving him, deceiving him, deceiving him. And, and Jacob relied on God. He turned to God because like when you see how supernaturally God, if you go and read, read that story, you see how supernaturally God made a way for Jacob to finally have his own wage. And God was blessing everything that Jacob was touching. So to say God was blessing it and God made a way for a miraculous way. Because when you look at it, you know that it was a miracle. When God made a miraculous way for 
for Jacob to have his wages. You see that God kind of like reversed what what Laban meant for evil in Jacob's life, you see. So another thing that we have to, to see here is that when you follow God's path, when you repent and you choose this time around to follow God's path, you can expect that God is going to bless you, that God is going to help you. Because we have to be logical. This brings us to the other thing that we, I want us to talk about, the consequences. Sin has consequences. Sin costs something. The person who tells you that it doesn't have consequences is lying to you. We've talked about the law of sowing and reaping. Sin has consequences. For example, look at the story of Samson. Samson was living in sexual immorality. He had so many occasions to repent. Look at how many times he had occasions to repent. How many times the Philistines came to him to capture him when he was having an illicit relationship with a woman. But God was still there. The power of God was still there. So, so many times God still kept his mercy upon Samson. And Samson could have used that mercy to see, okay, God is still having mercy on me. It brings me to repentance. I shouldn't wait to be in the worst situation ever to repent. I should repent now, but he did not. So in the end, what happened? The leader um, took off all his hair and then the power was not upon him anymore at that moment and he got captured and all the whole story in the end yeah he revenged but it costs him his life sin costs and the consequences of sin are painful some people go into sexual immorality and they have trauma after that they have a hard time um reconnecting with your spouse or even connecting with your spouse they have a hard time at times after that even getting married some people have like because of sin, their reputation has been destroyed. Some people, because of sin, they lost their spouse. They lost their children. Some people, because of sin, are in prison to their life sentence. But this brings us to what I want to say. Though there is sowing and reaping, yes. Though we experience the consequences. In normal time, everybody should experience the consequences of his sins. Not that God is punishing you, but God has already put in place the law of sowing and reaping. So what you sow is what you reap. It's the same thing with money. If you sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. But it's not just with money, it's with everything. If you are kind to people, if you, for example, if you have a bad relationship with someone, and let's say that the person is a believer, but you have a bad, intense relationship. If you start sowing kindness and love into that relationship, you're going to receive it back. That's how it works. And the same way, for example, that when someone sins and, for example, let's say sexual sin and in the end you have a sexually transmittable disease, you have HIV, AIDS and stuff, it's a consequence of your sin. It's not that God is punishing you, but it is like, it's really like a law, the law of sowing and reaping. You experience the consequence of your sin. But this brings us to what I wanted to say, the last point here. Though there are legitimate consequences to your sin, because God is so good, because God is so gracious, because God is so merciful, he can change the whole situation because this time around you chose to get hidden in him. This time around you chose to walk in obedience towards him. This time around you made things different. And let us look, see at the story of Jacob. Look at Jacob. Now God has restored Jacob. He, God has blessed Jacob. Look at it. Laban tried everything to get to get Jacob poor and to never give him a wage, to leave him empty-handed. But God saw his affliction and the labor of his hands and blessed him. God made a way for Jacob to become rich. 
And then, now, when God, uh, when it's time for Jacob to return to his family, to, like, his, to return to his hometown, you know, when it's time for him to return, he knows that he's going to meet Esau. He knows that Esau is supposed to be so bitter against him. He knows that Esau promised himself to kill him. And this is still a consequence of his sin, the sin he committed many, many, many years ago. He created hatred in the heart of his brother against him. So it is a legitimate consequence of his sin. When you act bad towards people, do not be surprised when they get angry at you. It's logical, you know. But he turns to God. He knew that without God, he could not do it. He turns to God. He knew his need. He knew that if God did not help him, it would be done. Isaac could get him, kill him, kill his wives, kill his children, destroy everything that he had out of hatred because what? Because of what he did, he was wrong. He was wrong. So he, he knew that it was the legitimate consequence of his sin, that it could be a consequence of his sin. So he turned to God. And this is what you should always do, turn to God, not just to confess your sin, but also with the consequences of your sins, to ask for his help. Jacob turned to God to ask for his help. And what happened? When he, he prayed the whole night, he, he wrestled the whole night with God, I mean. He, he wrestled the whole night with God. God blessed him. He told him, I will not leave you until you bless me. God blessed him. And it's that blessing of God which changed everything which changed the consequences of Jacob's sin. When Jacob met Esau, Esau was like, Esau and him, they embraced. Esau was like, they were, Esau was like, he was, he was like, he was not living in hatred and jealousy at that moment or the desire of vengeance at that moment at all. Even the gifts that Jacob wanted to give Esau to appease him, Esau did not need to be appeased. God had already appeased Esau. So Esau was like, yeah, it's, it's cool, it's fine, I don't need it. Though Jacob insisted to give him the those gifts that he had for him, but Isa, his heart was not on that. Isa did not need any retribution from Jacob. Isa was good. Isa was okay. Isa was... Isa was... God had... God walked on Isa, you see? God was so good. God is so good that even though, normally speaking... Isa should have hated Jacob and fought with him at that moment. He did not. God had done something. God made a way where there seemed to be no way. And this is Jacob, whose relationship with Esau is not completely destroyed. Jacob, we can say that Esau and him made peace. They were at peace at that moment. What a grace. So God, though there was a legitimate consequence to Jacob's sin, because he turned to God, God restored the relationship. You see what we mean? So what can we say here? There are so many examples in everyday life. There are people who, for example, um, look at... Look at um, let us first go with the examples from the Bible. Look at, look at Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute, right? She was a prostitute. Normally, it wasn't going to be easy for her. First of all, she was a prostitute. Secondly, she was from a territory. Like she was from a, a nation that Israel was supposed to destroy. Okay, But in her, she heard about what the God of Israel was capable of doing. And she, I would say that like 
because, just because she heard about the God of Israel, she helped the spies from the God of Israel. So she, she changed side. We can call that like it changed. And she wanted to become one of the people of Israel. You see what I mean? And God did that for her. So God, because of repentance, you know, God brought her to she even appears in the genealogy of Jesus, and you will not call her in heaven, you're not gonna call her Je the rehab, the prostitute, but rehab the righteous. So you see how one decision to turn from a type of lifestyle to another one, because repentance is change. It's not only like going on your knees and begging God and crying. Some people even do that. They go on your knees to beg God and cry and they never really change. But repentance starts from your change of mind, your change of mindset, change of attitude and stuff like that, you know. So we can say that we have repented because she changed mindset, she changed attitude, she changed territory, she changed God. She started to serve the true and the living God, you know. So, and that's how she appears in the genealogy of Jesus. You could say that from her past as a prostitute, the consequence would be that she would not find a husband, right? And that she would not find a lineage, she would not have a good lineage, right? But look at what God did after her repentance. Look at how God can reverse even... Like the negative consequences of your sins. And we see that in everyday life as I was saying. There are people who sinned against God. And because of the sin. Because of the legitimate consequence of the sin. For example. Having you cheat on your wife. And you go and you have sex. Unprotected sex with somebody who has HIV AIDS. And then you catch AIDS. It's not God punishing you. you, you, you it's just sowing and reaping. Okay, It's a law that God put in place. And he doesn't get to pick and choose who he touches and who he does not touch. He put the law in place, okay? So now, there are so many people who, who are sick as legitimate consequence of sins that they committed, you know? Not to say that God is punishing them, but I'm talking about, I gave a clear example, like with STDs. You cheat or you practice sexual immorality and you have an STD. Then they come to prayer, for example, and... You lay hands on them and they get healed, completely healed. No trace of the HIV we have. Um, the ministry of John Jilek Ministries that I follow, like a church, the church that I'm from, the Union Life Church, we have testimonies of people healed of AIDS, like the tests were done afterwards and no trace of the virus. So there are people like that and God, God can like change even the consequence of your sins. When you turn to him, when you hide you hide in Christ when you turn to him and you ask him for help. For example, they, I and I know many testimonies like that, that people who deserved even a death sentence and God just touched the hearts of the judges and then the sentence was changed after the person repented, turned to Christ and started walking in obedience. There are some people who like, they were traumatized because of a sin that they committed and they were not able anymore to have like a good type of relationship with people. For example, let's say people who, who, because of pornography, it changed their view of people, it changed their view of life, it changed their view of women or of men, and they were not able to have, even after marriage, they were not able to have a fulfilling sexual life with your husband or with your wife because of just sin. Like, not that God's punishing them, but the legitimate consequence. When you watch a certain type of things, it has a certain type of effects. It's logical. But they turned to God for help, and God changed that. He reversed that. He destroyed the the thing and he set them completely free that some people who they, they cheated on your husband they cheated on your, your wife and then the marriage was destroyed everything was at the verge of divorce but they turned to god they asked god for help and god reversed the whole thing 
God changed the situation, God restored the marriage, God changed it. So this is just to say that, in summary, you may have chosen the wrong path. You may have really sinned against God and done stuff which were wrong and that you yourself, when you look at it, you say, this was so stupid. How did I do something so stupid? But, 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 if you want a change, if you want a reversal, if you want something different, turn to God. This time around, do not follow your own path. Follow his path. Repent. Walk in God's ways. Walk in obedience. And wherever a consequence of your sin appears, turn to him and say, God, I need help here. God, I need help here. I know that I was wrong, but I've repented. I need your help here. I need your help. And God can restore relationships. God can restore the wasted years. God can change any desperate situation. So turn to him. I'll end this quote by Smith Rigosworth. Get alone with God and receive the revelation of his infinite grace and of his wonderful purposes and plans for your life. Get alone with God and receive the revelation of his infinite grace and of his wonderful purposes and plans for your life. Let us pray. Father Lord God, Almighty King of Glory, we thank you for how merciful you are good. And it's your goodness that draws us to repentance. It's your goodness that changes our story once we choose to really repent and to start walking in obedience. So Lord, we choose whatever sin it was in our lives that we that cost us so much, Lord, because we know that sin costs so much. We thank you for leading us to repentance. And we thank you for restoring us. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today and for listening from start to finish. Thank you for listening from the beginning to the end of this podcast episode. We, You know, we have one new podcast episode every single day by the grace of the Lord. So make sure to subscribe and tune in tomorrow by God's grace to listen to the next podcast episode. If you have prayer requests or questions or anything you need to discuss concerning the Bible or this podcast episode or any other podcast episode or the Smith Figures World Devotional in general or the Bible in general or any sin, uh, which you are addicted to for which you need deliverance or healing if you need prayer for sickness and disease if you need healing even in terms of your finances if you need prayer you can always contact me on Instagram Dr. Victoria Eok you can contact me on Instagram with your prayer requests with your questions with your like anything that you need which is concerning the Bible by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit we're gonna solve it so I'm expecting from you soon and God bless you bye bye